continuing in our series on joy, and uh, we have seen a lot of different things when it comes to what the scriptures say about joy. We've got a few more weeks of this before we hit um, basically Christmas time, where we get to celebrate even more joy. Uh, but today we're going to be looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. And we'll be talking about the connection between gratitude and joy. And I hope that this is helpful to all of you. This is what God's word says from 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's pray. Lord, I know I feel uh, weak today from just some physical ailments of the week, and I need your strength. I know there are people here today who are dealing with various hardships in their lives and they need your comfort. And I know there are people even today who have come into this place who they don't believe that you are who you say you are and that you have promised life and life abundant to them. Whether they're just in doubt or they are totally in unbelief. And Lord, they need your grace. And we all come today with a need to hear your voice. We're thankful for your word where you speak to us. And Holy Spirit, would you speak to us today that each and every one of us would hear and would respond with real faith, with real repentance, with real obedience and with real joy over what you have given to us. And help us to make that connection between rejoicing always and being thankful in all circumstances. And we ask this, Jesus, in your name and for your glory along with the Father and the Holy Spirit, the one true God. Amen. I don't know if you are aware of this, but there was something called the Boring Conference that took place over the last 10 years or so. This is one of the images they used to promote their conference. This is not a joke, this was real. The Boring Conference, and, and the tagline for one year was, this is a waste of your time and money. Nothing of importance will be discussed. Again, this is not a joke. 
The boring conference started in 2010 when the interesting conference got canceled. Again, not a joke. You can't make this stuff up. Topics discussed at the boring conference were things like toast, paper bags, barcodes, yellow lines. I'm not sure if that's yellow lines on the road or yellow lines that you make on paper, just yellow lines. Inkjet printers of 1999. That's very specific. And then my favorite, the sounds made by vending machines. Whoosh, I guess. I don't know. As sleep-inducing as those topics might sound, tickets for the boring conference always sold out. Amazing. Here's what the founder said about this conference. He said, the boring conference is a one-day celebration of the mundane, the ordinary, the obvious, and the overlooked. Subjects often considered trivial and pointless, but when examined more closely, reveal themselves to be deeply fascinating. And what I was thinking when I found out about this conference is that by celebrating the mundane things of life, in a way, they're showing gratitude for those things. They're being thankful for those things. They're celebrating toast and barcodes and the sounds made by vending machines as something worth giving a talk about. They're finding joy in the little things of life, recognizing that they're gifts, that they have worth. And while you may not be ex as excited about toast as they seem to be, you can see the point that if we celebrate and find joy in little things, what we're really doing is we're giving thanks, whether we know it or not, we're really giving thanks to God for something that he's given to us. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about gratitude that gratitude helps us to grow in experiencing more joy. Gratitude helps us to grow in experiencing more joy. Do you want to experience more joy? If the answer to that question is yes, gratitude is part of the answer. And let's see how that plays out in this passage. First of all, from 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, we read this. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, first of all, let's, let's get some of these things, uh, make sure that we understand some of these things. Most Bible scholars agree that the phrase, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, doesn't just talk about the giving thanks, but all three of those things. That all three of them are a unit. All three of them are together. All three of them are connected. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for those things, they are the will of God for you. That's the way most Bible scholars understand these commands. 
And you can see how all three of them are connected if you just think about the rest of Scripture. For example, Psalm 97.12 says this. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. See how those two things are connected? You rejoice by giving thanks. And then think about this passage from Isaiah 56, 6 through 7. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. So God is saying that he has a house, and that house is a prayer for all peoples, and the people who come and pray, they will be joyful as they pray. So you can see there's a connection between prayer and rejoicing. And then we see that there's a connection between prayer and thanksgiving in Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. All three of these things are connected. Rejoicing is connected to prayer, and prayer is connected to gratitude, and gratitude is connected to rejoicing. They're all one and the same in some ways. We rejoice by praying. We rejoice by giving thanks. We give thanks by praying. We give thanks by rejoicing. You see how it's all connected? Okay, I'm going to say that again. Do you see how it's all connected? Give me a little bit of feedback. Yeah, okay, good. And this truth of the connection between joy and gratitude has been not just talked about in Scripture, but it's also been borne out in psychological studies that confirm the truth of what we're already seeing in Scripture. For example, in one study, psychologists asked all participants to write a few sentences each week, and they had three different groups. One group was to write about all the things that happened that they were thankful for. One group were to write all their complaints about the week. And one group was just told, write whatever you want about the week. It was after 10 weeks, after 10 weeks of this, those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic and they felt better about their lives. We might call that at least a little spark of joy, right? Another study asked participants to write and personally deliver a letter of gratitude to someone that they had never thanked. Participants who did this showed a huge increase in their happiness with benefits lasting, and get this, for at least a month. And then yet another study, this time with high school students. The high school students who demonstrated high levels of gratitude, they were thankful for what happened in their lives. They had a strong appreciation of other people. They had higher GPAs. They had less depression. 
and they had a more positive outlook than the less grateful teens. By contrast, the teens who equated buying and owning things with success and happiness reported having lower GPAs, more depression, and a more negative outlook. Now, both the scriptures and these studies help us see that they're in agreement that gratitude affects our mood. Gratitude leads to more happiness. Gratitude helps us to grow in experiencing more joy. But you know what? And this is where it's going to hurt a little bit today. We are not a society that values gratitude. How often on social media, let's, say, let's just pick Twitter, for example, do you see people saying, I'm so thankful for anything. But there's a lot of complaining that goes on on Twitter, right? And think about the conversations that you've had this week. How much of it has been, I'm so thankful for, versus, oh, I just wish that. Brene Brown, in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, writes, we're a nation hungry for more joy because we're starving from a lack of gratitude. And into that nation, God says, this is the will of me. This is my will for you that you show gratitude in all circumstances. Right? Look, I get it. We all compare ourselves to other people. There's this cartoon, maybe you've seen it. Uh, there's a man driving a new car and he's driving down the road, and another man who's driving a less, ex, uh, sorry, there's a man driving his new car, and he looks over and sees a man driving a more expensive car, and he says, I wish I had the money to have that kind of car. And then there's another man who has an old jalopy, and he looks at the man who had the new car, who was jealous of the person who had the expensive car, and he says, well, I wish I had a new car. And then there's a man riding a bike, who looks at the man who has the old jalopy, and he says, well, I wish I had a car. And then there's a man walking who sees the man on the bike, and he says, I wish I had a bike. And then there's the man in the wheelchair who sees the man walking, and he says, I wish I could walk. It's just so easy for all of us to compare ourselves with others rather than being thankful for what we actually have. And this is God's will for us. We might be tempted to think that people who lack joy are actually the people who complain about their circumstances, and that's probably got some truth to it, but I think it goes the other way as well. People who complain watch whatever joy they may have erode away. The more we complain, the more we gripe, the more we look at the negative parts of our lives, the more we're going to see those things and ignore the good things God has given to us. 
and our joy erodes. I remember one time, and some of you know, I grew up in a rural area in North Carolina where there was lots of tobacco fields. And so there was this one year that I was helping pull tobacco. If you don't know what that is, it's a painstaking, terrible job that no person should ever do. But I was there, and it was a hot day. And I had, I had my head bent down, and I was pulling what we called sand lugs. They're the very bottom leaves of the tobacco. And it was just hot. But I was out there, and I was just trying my best to just stay positive. Okay, this is this what. And the person beside me was like, man, it is so hot out here. And then the next person said, oh, I can't stand it. It's so hot. And then another person, and it just kept spreading. And the next thing I know, all I could think about was just how hot and miserable I was. Even though when I started off, I was fine. Same thing happened when I was a school teacher for a few years. I went into the teacher's lounge, which I was told you're never supposed to do. And people were complaining about all of their students in their classes. And I came in with this positive attitude of, hey, yeah, yeah, we've got some good kids, though. And they just looked at me like, you are from another planet. But after a while, I found things coming out of my mouth about students that were not very positive. That's what happens when you stop being grateful for the little things, for the big things, for anything, you start to gripe and complain and that whittles away your joy. And God says he wants us to be a joyful people. So how do we combat that? We express gratitude. We find gratitude. We are thankful for whatever it is that God has given us. We find that good thing that we can be grateful for. And listen, I know that some of you are going through some hard circumstances. We can express gratitude no matter what our circumstances may be. I know that's a hard one for some of us, but hear me out. We can express gratitude no matter what our circumstances may be. How do I know that? Because God says it here in verse 18 in very plain, easy to understand language. He says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is God's will for you to give thanks in all circumstances, whatever they may be. Some of you have heard the name Matthew Henry. He was a Puritan minister who is probably best known for his huge commentary on um, the whole Bible. He was coming home from preaching one day, and in his journal, he wrote, sorry, he was coming home from preaching one day, and he was robbed. Someone robbed him, right? Stole his money. He came home, and in his journal, he wrote that he was thankful that he had lived this long, however long that was, and this was the first time that he had ever been robbed. Now think about that. There's a man who was trying to 
Give thanks in all circumstance. He had just been robbed, and he said, you know what? I'm thankful that I've lived this long, and this is the first time I've actually been robbed. It could have happened any time. It could have happened 10 years ago, but it didn't. I'm thankful. He was trying to find something good to be thankful for. What would it look like, church? What would it look like if for each of us, we slow down the negative train of thought in our minds long enough to try to see something that we're thankful for. What would that look like? Okay, if you know me well enough, you know that I have struggled in this area. Okay? I'm that guy who naturally, apart from the work of the Spirit, can find a dark cloud for every silver lining. I'm that guy. But I believe that the Holy Spirit is at work in me and changing me from the inside out. I believe that even though I haven't arrived, and believe me, I haven't, I'm growing in this area. I believe that no matter how difficult my circumstances may be, no matter how ugly my circumstances may get, no matter how I feel in the moment, there is always something that I can express gratitude for. Something. Even if it is, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. And that's all I've got. That's something to be thankful for. Do you hear me, church? I don't believe that I'm the only one who struggles in this area. I believe that what is true for me is true for you. If you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is working in you to make you a person who will see what is good and you can show gratitude for those things. And because we can give thanks in all circumstances, bringing this back to joy, we can also rejoice always. That's what this passage says. Because we can give thanks in all circumstances, we can also rejoice always. Verses 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Not only can we say, I'm thankful that Jesus loves me, I can rejoice in that. Even when life is falling down all around me, even when I'm at my worst, even when life seems to be horrific, I can say I rejoice in Jesus if I can't rejoice in anything else. Does that make sense? Do you hear what I'm saying? I feel like you don't. Maybe I should say it again. Do you guys really get what I'm saying when I say if we can give thanks in all circumstances, we can also rejoice in those circumstances? We really can. And I, I hope to talk more about this in a couple of weeks. This is a little commercial, I guess, for uh, a few weeks from now. We're going to be looking at a passage that you may have heard from the book of James. 
where he says, consider it all joy when you face trials of various kinds. We're going to be talking about that in a few weeks, Lord willing. So, But today I just want to put that bug in your ear to remind you that if you can give thanks in every circumstance, you can also rejoice in every circumstance. Now, let me just clearly say, this does not mean that you have to be a happy, clappy Christian and put on a fake smile all the time. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, even when you are in the worst moment of mourning in your life, you can still say, as bad as it is, I'm thankful for something that God has done. And I can rejoice in that. Even if I can't rejoice in what's going on right now. Do you hear me? And that's where I want to land today. Because as those who know the love, grace, and mercy of God in Christ, we have much for which to be thankful. We have much for which to be thankful. And I want all the grammar Nazis out there to be thankful that I did not end on the word for. <laughs> I worked hard on that. Even though every single one of us have fallen short, we have sinned, we have said things and done things and thought things that skew away from what God has called us to do. And yet, God has sent His Son to live this perfect life of obedience for me, for you, for anyone who will believe. And He died for our sins. And He rose from the dead and He gives life eternal. If there's something that you've done that you're ashamed of, because you're you knew it was wrong, but you did it anyway. And now you would hate for anyone to know what you've done. I've said this before, but imagine that we were to put that thing on this screen right now and everybody gets to see it. That's horrifying, isn't it? Christ died for that sin. And he rose from the dead to remove the guilt of that sin, the stain of that sin, and the shame of that sin. And now it is removed from you as far as the east is from the west. It's thrown into the sea and he remembers it no more. That's what our God has done for us in Christ. And for that we can give thanks. you ever think that you've done something or said something or thought something so awful that no one would love you if they knew? Hear the good news for which we can be thankful. God loved sinners like me and like you in Christ before the world was even created, before you were even born, before you even committed that sin, He loved you with full knowledge of what you were going to do, what you were going to say, what you were going to think. And He still chose you in Christ 
to be his beloved child and his faithful love in Christ endures forever and nothing, nothing in all creation can separate you from that love. That is something to give thanks about. Do you find you're trying to live a life that honors God, but you just keep messing up? You say, oh God, I'm never going to do that sin again. And then the very next day, you fall on your face. And you think, what's the point? I'll never make it. You ever been there? Look, we who believe have been sealed by the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of what God has in store for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And part of that good is that we will be, not might be, not could be, we will be conformed to the image of Jesus. And Jesus was sinless. We will be conformed to his image. In fact, God says that is our predetermined destiny. And he who began a good work in you, he will carry it out to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. That is something to give thanks about. Especially when you find yourself down on your knees saying, I wish I hadn't done that again. And we could go on and on and on all day long about what we have in Christ. And believers, that is what we should be doing. Every day rehearsing what I can be thankful for. Expressing gratitude on a daily basis for what God has given me and you in Christ. And that is your action point. Express gratitude daily. Don't let a day go by where you're saying, uh, where you're not saying, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for whatever it is. Don't let a day go by. And if you do let a day go by, don't beat yourself up over that. Just thank God that it's not about you. It's not about your obedience. It's not about how good you are. It's about how good God is and what he has given you in Jesus. And that he, even though you've messed up, he will remain faithful for always, even to the next age. That's some good news. And that is something to be thankful for. That's why we all express gratitude daily. So don't forget to do that. You will start to grow in joy the more you express that gratitude to God. So folks, let's grow in joy by growing in gratitude. And I know that's the last point, but I got something else I want to say. <laughs> Remember when I said, I'm one of those people that can find the dark cloud in every silver lining? Just this week, and this is a little embarrassing, but just this week, it was me and my trusted companion, Nathan, and my other trusted companion, Charles, 
and we're driving to a Presbytery event on this long, lonesome road to Muzon Presbyterian Church in the middle of nowhere, South Carolina. And it's a long, long, straight road with nobody on it. Guess what happened? I'm having a good time talking with my buds, and I look, and there's a blue light. And I go, oh, let's see how fast I'm going. Oh, 67. That's not good. So I got pulled over by the policeman, and I'm sitting there, and the guys are like, well, maybe you'll just get a warning. And this is exactly what I said. I never have gotten a warning. Never. I got a ticket when I was 16, no warning. Got a ticket when I was 18, no warning. I've got tickets, and all of you are thinking, good grief, what in the world are you doing on the road? But I've gotten several tickets, let's say it that way. And I have never gotten a warning. And I told him, I said, maybe God is just trying to say, look, you're not learning your lesson. You need to slow down. But this time I really wasn't trying to speed. It was just something that happened. Guy came up and said, okay, license and registration and proof of insurance. Did you know how fast you were going? I said, I'm so sorry. I just wasn't paying attention. He said, just hand it over. And so he handed, I gave it to him. He walked back to his car. He sat there for a long time, and I'm thinking, mm, mm, my insurance is going to be so high. Mm. <laughs> and he walks back, and he says, I really appreciate an honest man. I'm just giving you a warning. And in that moment, I literally said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for not giving me what I deserve in this moment. But you were merciful. You were gracious. You were kind to me. And woe to me that I think I cannot receive mercy and grace. Because that's basically what I was saying. I'll never get a warning. I'm always getting slapped. Instead, God said, no, that's not true. At least in this instance, I showed you mercy. And I was happy going to Presbytery. (laughs) That's what gratitude can do for you. So let's grow in joy by growing in gratitude. And let me pray for you all that will be able to do that. Lord Jesus, first of all, thank you for being merciful to me, even though I don't deserve it. Thank you for the goodness that you've given me. Thank you for all the love that you poured out on me and on my family. Thank you for the love that you poured out on this church and the way that you have grown us. Lord, we want to be those who are grateful for everything that you give to us that is good and that we can find ways to show gratitude even in those times where it's bad because we know you love us and even in those things that we experience you're using it for our good Lord Jesus teach us the way of gratitude 
that we will learn the way of joy. We pray in your name. Amen.